This is The Table Business, a Sounds Like Adventure podcast all about people doing great work in the tabletop world. On this show, we're going to speak to the independent creators who make the games that you and I love. I'm your host and the DM of Sounds Like Adventure, Jack Trainer. Hey, hey, welcome back. It's the next episode of The Table Business. Thanks for joining us once more. It's me, Jack. I'm actually joining you from Japan for the next month of episodes or so, but that shouldn't have too much of an effect. Probably didn't even really need to mention it. But hey, for today's episode, we're joined by our first guest from the land down under, where all of us at Sounds Like Adventure are from. So Rachel is from River Ren Compendium. They are an artist, a creator, and a D&D lover. And in today's episode, we discuss their new Kickstarter project, which is some amazing companion cards that you should definitely check out. We talk about how they found their way into the tabletop world And as a member of the neurodiverse community, Rachel's going to talk about the unique connection that she's seen in the world of tabletop and those neurodiverse folks out there. And as always, if you want to know a little bit more, check the links in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into our chat with Rachel from River Ren Compendium. Rachel, welcome to the show. Hi, Jack. How are you going? It's great to be here. So let's start out with a super easy one. Just tell me a bit about yourself. Well, I'm a gamer at heart. That's that's probably the biggest thing. I've been a gamer all my life. You know, I grew up in the 80s with all the arcade games and back to the original Sega. So that, I would say, is like at the core of me, gamer. And then second to that, I would say artist. I'm an artist by trade. I, uh, pho- uh, I have my own photography business. And that has kind of, over the years, um, blended into a fantasy portraiture kind of business where I take photographs of kids predominantly and create fantasy portraits for them, really get that that fantasy and bring that magic to life for the kids, something really, really different. And that's what I absolutely love to do. I would definitely want to pick your brain about that a little bit, how that's something you find yourself getting into. But let's go back to the games for now. So you spoke about the 80s. Um, what's, your first, what's your earliest gaming memory? What's the first thing you can remember playing? Pong, the original Pong with the joystick. My parents had that on the TV. Then it was Atari and things like Pitfall. Um, And then, of course, uh, my my first real love in gaming was Sonic the Hedgehog. Sega Mega Drive, yeah. Sega does what Nintendo don't. You you were on board. You were a part of the console wars. Yeah, Sega was my true love. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about your origin story in terms of tabletop. How did you get into the tabletop world? Well, my cousin and I have always loved gaming together. So that, of course, started with um, with console games and slowly over the years moved into tabletop games. Um, but I have always wanted to try D&D. I've always seen it and it's always intrigued me, but I've never had the opportunity to play it. So when she came to me one day and said, hey, want to try D&D? I was like, yes, I am all in. Let's go. So I think she had a starter kit and we gave it a shot there and that very, very quickly turned into her creating her own world and, and running a campaign for us. And I, I just absolutely fell in love with it the moment we played it. It was so, so cool. Um, the magic that can come out from being able to do anything you want essentially is is amazing. That's That's like something else when it comes to gaming. Let's talk a little bit about River Ren Compendium. So tell us about it. What's River Ren Compendium all about? So River Ren Artistry is my photography business. And then as a side to that, because I was delving into the more fantasy artwork, 
Um, it kind of, as I learned D&D and as I, as I um, grew to love D&D more and more, that slowly evolved into me starting to create things for D&D. Um, I ended up running a campaign for my son, who was, I think, about 12 or 13 at the time, with his friends, with a group of his friends. I really wanted to make it as interactive for them as possible. And so I ended up creating with my artwork things like the companion cards that I've done, um, their own character art. Uh, we created books. We had our own puzzles. So we really created so much in terms of paper and artwork and other sorts of things like that that would go alongside, that they could hold on to, physically grab item cards with weapons on and things like that. So, so it kind of moved into that. And then I thought, well, why don't I put this out there for other people? And if other people want commissions, you know, I'd made this whole player journal. I thought, let me put that up on my website and see how we go with that. So it kind of grew into that. And that's where Riverang Compendium came in. And you're doing a Kickstarter at the moment as well for these companion cards, right? Tell us about this. Yeah, I ended up with such a huge um, deck of companion cards of all these different creatures. And I thought, what can I do with these? Because it's great for the kids. They absolutely love because one of, of course, one of the things they love doing is collecting animals along every campaign they're in. They always want pets. So I thought, what a good way to represent them having the cards. And then I thought, well, actually, these could be cool for other people. Let me see what I can do with these and, and I'll see if maybe a Kickstarter might work for these. It's, it's essentially a finished product. And now I'm just adding some tweaks and additional bits and pieces. I've got the um, stats. I've changed the stat block a little bit on the back so people can fill them in a little bit more. Maybe they could be used for other games, other tabletop games, Pathfinder and things like that. Maybe. Not really sure, but we'll see how we go, I guess. The sky's the limit, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And yes, I've I've backed the campaign. I've I had a look at the Kickstarter. That's how I discovered you. And I was like, this seems so incredibly cool. Decks of cards are becoming like a bigger and bigger aspect of a lot of people's D&D games. There's a lot of cool products coming out um, that like have a lot of information on cards for you. So you're not having to pour through books all the time. Your one's uh, super striking, super beautiful. They look super fun to play with. So yeah, if there's anyone listening who is a fan of, you know, animals, companion cards, those types of things, I really strongly recommend to check it out. We'll talk about where they can check it out um, before the end of the episode as well. But tell me a little bit about playing D&D with your kids. How's that something you get into? Um, well, I guess I'll start with uh, my son's actually ADHD, as am I. So he does, he has over the years found it quite difficult to make friends so as a result of that, we were looking at what kind of things we could do for him to get into where other friends of his that he had connected with also that are neurodiverse. And D&D just seemed like such a cool idea. The, the way that they can play it, the imagination they can use. My son is incredibly creative, incredibly creative. And the way his brain works is, is brilliant, as are so many of the other ADHD kids that I've come across and neurodiverse kids that I've come across. So... I thought, what a great way to bring them all together. They can work on their social skills as well at the same time, um, especially when it comes into them playing a character that isn't them, putting their own idea for their personalities that maybe they want to aspire to is, is a pretty cool thing. So they're playing these roles that they want to be, but they can't, they don't feel like they can be in real life. So they really also feel like they can be themselves. And that's an amazing thing to see those personalities unfold. Um, and watch them all be able to work together, lean on each other for their skills, and listen to each other, take turns, and 
understand that they work better as a team together. So that was the amazing thing that I found really come out with D&D. Um, they, just, they just had so much fun with it. We ran a campaign that, that was hours and hours. And I think we ran a campaign once that was one session went for, I think, four and a half hours. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking about 12-year-old kids with ADHD sitting still for four and a half hours, working together, really letting their personalities absolutely shine and not feeling judged either. And that's so important for these kids. That's, yeah, that's, that's very cool. And I, I want to touch more on what your opinions are as to why there does seem to be this real connection with uh, tabletop games and the neurodivergent community. But before we do that, how did it start? How did you pull the trigger on DMing a game for your kids? Like how, how did you pull it off is what I want to know. I think that's where ADHD comes into it, man. I went full on hyperfocus on that thing. <laughs> I created, I think I really just dove in headfirst with these kids and they were really gracious with me as well, you know, giving me the time to say, okay, guys, we're just going to try this out and let's see what happens. So that was cool. But our second campaign was actually my son's birthday and that was amazing. I ran a, I ran a one shot for them that was basically... Diablo treasure goblins and they went into a dungeon they had to defeat all the goblins and at the end there was this one big treasure goblin and because it was my son's birthday he came through a big rainbow portal and as they attacked him I would throw little present boxes onto the table for them and they would then unwrap them after the end of their go so because I'm telling you we went all in we got a 3d printer and started printing our own stuff as well and everything full on so I had little items for them in, in these treasure boxes, little um, daggers with cards and, and all of that sort of stuff, little scraps of material. And yeah, we went all in, but that was so much fun. They had, they had such a ball with that because they could physically grab the present, unwrap it and get a prize. And that was kind of cool. They loved it. Amazing. What was the review? What, what is that? Was that best birthday ever type of thing? Are you going to have to beat that at some point? Pretty much. I mean... Uh, I don't know if I can beat it. We're three years down the track from since then, so, and I haven't beat it yet. <laughs> Good luck. That sounds extremely challenging. Um, so, yeah, now back to the neurodiverse community um, and D&D. So as a member of the community yourself, what do you think it is about D&D that creates this connection? Um, I think it's the imagination. And it, I, I think personally for me, it really seems to give us a chance to to let our creativity shine out. Um, we, we have to mask so often. All day is masking. And it's really difficult to fit into places that may not be as accepting and have to feel like that we're putting on this persona every day to fit into society. Basically, everywhere we go, even if it's just to the shop, it's something that's really, really difficult. Um, so I think that being able to kind of let those walls down take that mask off and just be ourselves. And I think, honestly, I think a lot of us do that by playing a character in D&D. But I think that there's a lot of our true selves in those D&D characters. I really do. I think especially for the neurodiverse, it lets those certain little parts of our, of our personalities come out that we feel like we've got to hide or we've got to push down. 
I almost just want to say nothing and move on to the next thing because I think you've just nailed that. That's 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 amazing. So to wrap things up, I like to end these conversations with a couple of recurring questions. Uh, so question number one, what's one thing that people don't realize about independent creators in the tabletop world like yourself? I think that people have an idea that it takes a long time to do these sorts of things, but I don't think anybody really understands just how long it takes and just how much heart and soul we put into it. Basically, I think there goes a little piece, a little piece of ourselves goes into every piece of art. Every little project that we do, little piece of us goes into it. It's pretty amazing, especially when um, when you get those reviews, because reviews are so important. They give us that little, they give us that little extra knowledge that what we are doing is valuable and people are people are utilizing that and enjoying it um so hearing that back it's it's such an amazing feeling it really feels like you're giving somebody a i guess a kind of a gift if that's not saying too much but kind of a little gift yeah so yeah, if you're if you're on the fence and on an independent creator's work and you you've right you're in the checkout, you've nearly pressed order, just remember that. Remember what Rachel's just said because you're probably about to make someone's day um, if you just complete that order. Uh, so second question, you had uh, that first game of D and D. What was your first character? My first character um, is my little halfling bard, bard called uh, Rollinair Littlefoot. So she's my little, she's kind of like my inner child, basically. Um, a bard being creative and she has a little shawm. I play clarinet, actually, um, have played clarinet for many years. So I gave her a shawm, kind of very close to that. Uh, so she's she's kind of sassy. She's, her, her history is, has come from a long line of nobles. Although they've kind of fallen out of grace and they've lost their position, she still feels like she should be in that position. So even though she doesn't really have money, she's still, it's not quite an arrogance, but it's, it's bordering on arrogance. She's kind of, yeah, she's kind of sassy, but she's pretty cool. She's pretty tough. Um, but underneath all of that, she's really, really generous, really, really giving and would absolutely, uh, lie down her life for anybody to help anybody, whether they be noble or commoner. And then last question, when you think back to your time spent around the table, uh, do you have a favorite story, a favorite memory? I'd love to challenge you to come up with one that's no, it's not the not the birthday story because that one is so good. Do you have another one? I have a funny one actually, which Perfect. was my cousin's campaign. It's really amusing because we it, it happened very, very early. Um, we came across a camp of goblins. And of course, we went full on slaughter mode and we destroyed the entire camp. And that was very successful. We got some nice loot from that. But as we walked down the road just a little while later, there were two small goblin children coming along the path and they stopped and asked us, have you seen our parents? And we went, oh no, we've made a mistake. So her whole story that she'd made, she then had to change the entire thing. And we took on these orphan children because we'd unfortunately slaughtered their parents and didn't realize. So were you supposed to help those goblins or something? Like you just went in and just like scorched earth. Yep. We just went in full slaughter mode. <laughs> that was pretty hilarious. And she was just sitting Amazing. there like, oh my God, my entire story has to be yeah. thrown out now. 
to be fair, maybe don't pick the goblins as the as the creatures. Maybe or like give you some kind of heads up. These goblins seem nice. <laughs> you might want to say. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Where can people find you if they want to find out more? Well, you can actually take a look at my website. My main website is www.riverrenartistry.com.au and that's W-R-E-N as in Ren the Bird, so River Ren. Uh, otherwise, I'm on Facebook on River Ren Artistry. You can find me there as well. Um, on Instagram, I am River Ren Compendium. Wonderful. And if people have heard this and I strongly, strongly encourage everyone listening to go and back the Kickstarter how can they find your Kickstarter? That you can just um, go into Kickstarter and you can search companion cards and they should come up straight away, companion cards. Rachel, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. You've been listening to The Table Business, a Sounds Like Adventure podcast all about people doing great work in the tabletop world. If you'd like to know more about anything we spoke about today, all the links for all the people that we spoke to are available in the show notes. Or head over to soundslike underscore pod on Instagram and we'll definitely be talking about them there. And if you liked what you heard, why not check out Sounds Like Adventure? That's our main show. It's an actual play podcast with fun roleplay, short runtimes and great sound design. But to make sure you don't miss the next episode of The Table Business, make sure you subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And a five-star review really, really helps to get a few more people to see the show. And we hear it sounds like adventure. We would be so grateful if you took the time to do that. All right. With all that in mind, we'll catch you for the next episode of The Table Business.